Hello and welcome to the Artist Appeals. This is the podcast where we try to answer the question, how do you make money with your art? We want to know, how do you make a living in the creative fields? So whether you are an artist, an illustrator, a photographer, a sculptor, whatever your medium or substrate may be, we try to get some answers. We interview leading industry experts from all walks of the field, from creative industry associations to manufacturers of products and brands. We talk to photographers, glass blowers, hand letterers, anybody and everybody we can get our hands on to find the secret sauce. What are the common threads to making a living in the arts? Welcome, I'm your host, Erin Sparler, pleased to meet you, and this is Season 3 of The Artist Appeals. In this episode, I have a fantastic conversation with a really positive and upbeat woman who has made a career and a living in the arts. She's been a graphic designer, but she's also been a licensed artist with some of the top manufacturers in the U.S., including C.R. Gibson. She's licensed her products, but she's also designed products as well for places like Lennox. She's done greeting cards with papayas and recycled greetings, Legacy, and even Trader Joe's. She has done all of this and more, but recently she has begun to really focus on her retail and wholesale of mugs featuring her hand-lettered goodness. If you don't know what hand-lettering is, it's where you hand-draw letters, but she also surrounds these letters with doodles and um, artwork that really just take it up and over the edge and one step further. Her messages are fun, unique, and inspiring. She also has some really neat following. She does some really neat tricks and tips that she's going to share with you in this episode because she has a 25% review rate on Etsy and she doesn't even ask for reviews but people leave them because her customer service is so darn good. So check it out in today's episode as I talk with the one, the only, Kathy Weller. Hey Kathy, so excited to have you on today. Hey there, Erin. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Excellent. Well, you know, I always start the podcast and I always talk about um, things kind of systematically using this appeals acronym just to keep everything in order. So we talk about art, product, presentation, educating, amplifying, licensing and contracts, and then success. And you saw some of the questions first, but let me get you to introduce yourself. I mean, I met you at Art Biz Jam. And then I went and checked out all your mugs and your hand lettering. And I was like, whoa, this is cool and fun and funky. So how did you find your voice, your artistic voice and this style? And what is it that you do? Um, You know, it's just sort of, it's evolved, right? I mean, everything I, one of the things I feel about being an artist is like people worry earlier in their art careers and they're like how am I going to get it to look like me how am I going to you know develop my own style and the answer yeah, is yeah. keep working <laughs> like because <laughs> the thing is you're going to have so many different careers within your there's no blueprint for an art career you're gonna you're gonna do a lot of different things probably because because we're all curious we all want to try 
tons of different things. And um, I've tried tons of different things too, but it's just as you go, you know, your art does evolve and then you just kind of end up in different places. So for me with my lettering, I've, I've done lettering within my illustrations for a really long time. And, um, yeah. and it just so happens that, um, it's sort of like, uh, let me back up. Okay. So I'm, I was a designer and an illustrator for a media company in-house for many, many years. And while I was doing that, um, at cool. point I decided to start, um, doing my own, um, starting my own business, you know, for myself on nights and weekends, yeah. you know? So I started doing, well, I did greeting cards and I did some pet portraiture and was it on your own freelance or this was with the, the house, the in design? Oh, this is my own. I, I did my own freelance. I mean, I've done children's okay. illustration and I've done pet portraiture. Lettering was always a component of that. I've done greeting cards for many, many years. Um, lettering is obviously a component in that. And it's just so, ha and then I've done licensing and I've been very much into character art, but lettering became more and more it just sort of like became more and more important in my work until it started becoming my work you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah sort of took over i mean i still do some character stuff and i obviously i do other well yeah you have cute little characters in your designs but then they're surrounded by lettering there's it's just like lettering i can't get away from it and it's fine you know it's like a part of who i am <laughs> I like to illustrate, um, I like to tell a story with the letters. I like to do very expressive lettering. And that's just sort of what started out in my sketchbook, you know, um, and as ornamental parts of different illustrations sort of became the illustrations eventually. So, you know, the more yeah. I do um, positive messaging and stuff, the more the lettering kind of became the illustration. So... That's kind of where I am now, if that makes any sense. Yeah, well, let me just describe it. If you guys haven't gone and looked, go check out Kathy Weller. Um, her website is full of resources, but your work is like, it's like letters, very kind of loose hand lettering, and then all these little doodles and stuff around it, little characters, all sorts of craziness, right? But it's all very positive. And then you have your Etsy shop and you've got tons of mugs and tons of products that all this stuff is on. Yep. Yeah. And it's not precious or perfect. And it's kind of humorous. Like I'm looking at your Etsy store and you've got mashed potato manager t-shirt. <laughs> that's a new one and you know the lettering is loose and freestyle and all different yeah. styles it's not like this fancy calligraphy that's been real trendy yeah that's actually a really um that's a great word freestyle i use the i use the term expressive because it's like it's expressive and it's kind of narrative because sometimes i like to tell a story with the letters like yeah that explain what the saying like that go with the saying that well yeah like this one please don't spill your grumpy and the g has little teeth and like looks all grumpy and yeah. and next to my sunshine and i love that don't spill your grumpiness next to my sunshine i need that mug 
Thank you. I'll send you a sticker. I'll send you that. <laughs> Maybe I'll send you the mug if you want the mug. I'll send you. A mug. You have a mug of that. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. So, how did you get into making mugs then? Because you have a lot of products, and that's um, one of your mainstays, right? So you've got this Etsy shop yes. that's just booming, but then you do wholesale, and you you have a lot of products with this lettering all over it. How did you How did you come to it? So, um, okay, so I started. Well, it started with print on demand. So um, the mugs okay. print on demand, and POD. Yeah, POD. So I started using POD way, way, way back in the day when I used it. Um, this is before, this is really before any of the print on demand sites, except there was Cafe Press. So I used that. I remember. My, yeah. So I, I would, I used print on demand for my pet portrait clients at the time to help them um, to get their portrait art on product. So that was my first foray into print on demand. And then I ended up working with, um, I ended up going to Society6 when they started up, which is a marketplace site. Um, mm-hmm. You don't sell your work on your own website, but it's all on their website. So mm-hmm. I, I had um, I had a bunch of products on there. You know, I just used that site where you can just put one piece of art on a ton of different products. And I actually would use print on demand. Um, maybe this is like a long version. Sorry. <laughs> I used print on demand. <laughs> no worries. Yeah. I, I had it to have a shop there. And I could just put my art on whatever I wanted there and sell it there. But then I also use print on demand for like when I would do licensing um, exhibits, when I would go to trade shows and, and exhibit there, I would do search mm-hmm. and I would order the products through um, Society6 to have in my booth so that um, manufacturers, when they would come by, and if you don't know what Surtex is, it's an art licensing um, trade show where manufacturers purchase or make deals with artists to, um, you know, get contracts to have their art licensed on the products that manufacturers make. So, so I would show there and um, I would make pillows and stuff to bring with me so I could, or bags or whatever. So I could have like samples in the booth. Like, so that's a really good thing. Yeah. So it's physical so they can see it. Yeah, some people need to see it mocked up on the product, and one way to do that, right, is is just to mock it up and have it on a picture. But if you have an actual thing, that's always a lot more tactile. Yeah, it's nice, and it's a nice way to kind of fill out your booth and sort of make it more homey and stuff. And you know, yeah. how many years did you go to Surtex? I did Surtex from 2011 to 2000 and. 15 and then I skipped a year. So I did Surtex for four years. Um, uh-huh. didn't go on 2013 because I, I had, I had to have a surgery. So I didn't mm. go that year. I hear um, and I also did, um, I did another art licensing trade show as well. And I also, I look at, which one's that? I went to, um, I did the America Smart Art and Design okay. section, which was, they don't have it anymore. So it's, okay. I might be mentioning it, but it was, that's in Atlanta, which is where gift gift markets, you know, the whole right. Atlanta's Atlanta's market gift market. Anyway, I haven't been to Atlanta yet, but I did um, Surtech two years. I did. No, uh, I did Surtech one year and then I did the CHA craft and hobby show two years. That's a serious commitment to art licensing, but it really is like the best place to make contacts, isn't it? Oh, Surtech is really good. Yeah. 
I don't I don't know that if I was still doing licensing, which I'm not really doing licensing actively right now. I still have products in market and I still thank goodness I still get royalties <laughs> on things, which is awesome. But um but I I am not like actively pursuing licensing. Right but now. that's the dream, right? Is to get a couple licenses under your belt and to have that extra income coming in. That's like it's that's nice. It doesn't last forever when, you know, but it does, you can have licenses that go for years and years, you know, so. Oh, that's like, fantastic. Yeah, it's like, it really is great, but it's like, it is definitely not, it is not. Let's work. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't ever want people to think it's like, oh, it's such a breeze. I'm just going to do licensing on the side. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> that's not the way it works. <laughs> you know, it's like. This is like a major, it's, I mean, I basically dropped everything else except for my day job to do licensing because it's, it's just a huge, it's a huge commitment <laughs> in many different ways. And it's great, but it's, right. it's a lot and it's not for everybody, you know, it's, it's, well, not it's a business, yep. you know, and, and we're talking art, we're talking product. And, and I think it's great because you exemplify somebody that's done both. You've done, you know, art as, as a full-time job, and then you've done making your own products and then you've licensed and now you've kind of come back to doing it on your own, right? Yes. And it's so funny, Erin, because for so many years, like for the past few years, I've been like, what am I? What am I doing? Like, I'm not sure. Am I a licensor or am I a this or am I that? And I'm fully embracing um, the DIY, like doing, doing my own retail wholesale um, that right now. I'm just fully, I'm like all in and I'm totally loving it because like my love language is helping people, you know what I mean? And with my art, I help people because, um, yeah, like I'm, I'm giving them a way to express themselves and to express themselves to others through my products. But then I yeah. get to help people on my YouTube channel where I just share support for artists, you know, in, in all different ways. Lately, it's more about, um, print on demand and Etsy because that's my, retail platform and that's, yeah. that's the only one so so you've been really helping people i think that's really fascinating that you've just embraced that and backed up and you were like yeah i was doing licensing i went to all these shows but now you're really focused on fulfilling um you know orders right do you have like your own um studio warehouse like where do you work out of no i work yeah i mean i have a room in my house <laughs> so <laughs> I have a room in my house that is my studio and um, anything that I fulfill myself is here. So I fulfill um, stickers, some greeting cards that I actually, I am not focused on that right now, but greet mm -hmm. um, stickers and coloring books I do. And I fulfill those in house. And then my mugs and t-shirts I fulfill with print on demand. So well, that's really cool. So, you guys, when we say fulfill, I mean, what we mean is like, take it off the shelf, put it in a box and ship it. <laughs> right. Or like you produce it because they produce, they print the mugs, they ship the mugs for me and everything. Yeah. So, yeah. But, uh, Who do you use for your mugs? I use Spoke Custom. Spoke Custom. Is, I haven't heard of them. They're, well, uh, okay. So they're a type of company that um, usually like... They're, we're not really their focus, okay? So an artist using print-on-demand who is um, 
you know, selling, um, usually want something that they can connect to their Etsy shop or their Shopify, like something to make it easy, an API, um, you know, that little application that actually um, streams through the orders for you and everything. So mm-hmm. Spoke, doesn't, Spoke doesn't have that. Um, I started using them. Oh, actually, let me back up a little bit because it's an interesting story how I started to use them and why I still do use them when there are so many yeah. There's so many other print-on-demand companies now that have the API with Etsy and with Shopify and WooCommerce and all these other yeah. online. Let me let me clarify for you guys. So, like, um, a, a shop, like a printer, will create this little API. That's the abbreviation for it. And then you put that API, you install it with like Etsy, your your Shopify website, right? And then it basically, when somebody orders, it uses that little API to go to the the printer and they make it and ship it for you, right? Is that kind of a good summary? Yeah. Yep. So it stands for application program interface. And all it means to you and me is it's uh, it's like an app that just connects, that connects your print on demand company to your Etsy or your Shopify store. So, yeah, and normally you just have to go in and you've got to find this little snippet of code and copy and paste somewhere from from one place to another place, right? Um, not not so with um with the ones that I use. I use for my print on demand. The APIs that I use through Etsy are um, with Printful and with Printed Mint, and neither of those require like taking a piece of code. But it's just really just um. Either you have to talk to the company or you can just like press a button. I mean, it's, it's very easy to do. You just, you got, I actually, I have a video that shows you how to connect your printful API to your Etsy store. Um, I have oh, sweet. Give us a yeah. plug. Where's that at? It's, I will send you a link to it and you can put it in your show notes. It's, um, it's on YouTube. It's just a video that shows how to do it. It's super easy to do. They make it. Fantastic. Really. Printful makes it like yeah. so easy. So, um, yeah, so you guys will link to Kathy's tutorial if you're interested in linking your shop to a print on demand printer. And we'll link to that tutorial right down below on the artist appeals. Okay, cool. So, um, cool. so now I'll finish telling you about how I connected with um, Smoke because they're kind of an un they're kind of an unusual one for me to be using because they're not this all-in-one, you know, easy. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're easy for me because I already have a system with them. But okay. um, anyway, so what happened was I was using I was using Society6 and I found uh-huh. my art was being sold someplace else and it was the art that I had on Society6 only. So uh-huh. I contacted them and I didn't, they, they were very obtuse and, um, and weren't really um, very, you know, helpful. So I decided that I was going to leave there because I just didn't like how I was being. I didn't like how that how they were treating. <laughs> I didn't like how. Yeah. They were, well, nobody. Not very. Yeah. Cool, you no. Know? Because you know, I mean, I know I'm just one little. We're all one little fish in the sea. You know what I mean? Like I, you yeah. can say, well, I'm just this little person, I don't have a voice. But it's like when you have a business that's built on lots of 
one little voice people, which are what we are as artists, you know, it's just like, take your business elsewhere then, you know what I mean? And I, I, yeah. I, mean, I don't know what they're like now. And I think it's a great looking site and they do a beautiful job. So I'm not, you know, I'm not like yeah. bad about anybody. I'm just telling you my experience. So that was my experience. And I found out through um, an artist friend um, who she was, uh, she actually connected me with a company. This is kind of an interesting thing. Um, she connected me with a company that actually at the time was printing um, phone cases for, for society sex. So okay, was spoke, and they they actually are now they branched off. They were used to be. It's kind of complicated, and I'm not sure I have all the facts. But they were uh, Casemate. You know, Casemate is a company that makes phone cases and device cases. Well, that's what spoke. Spoke used to be Casemate, or like a a portion of their company broke off into okay. doing um other stuff or just like they separated somehow and i my business is with the separated portion of the company so um, interesting uh, yeah i'm sorry i don't have more like more detail <laughs> to like how that works oh out. no worries i think no worries. yeah they, they split somehow and i and i ended up with i you know i work with um the portion that does um print on demand so um, so is it spokecustom.com it is yeah spokecustom.com yeah i see them so yeah you know sometimes you just want a local printer oh god i love that they're single source so they're a single source which means they have it's one um it's one company it's not like some of these print on demand companies farm out to other little print on demand companies such as so um, these marketplace sites, such as, you know, for instance, um, a Tee Public or a Society6 type of a site, they have mm -hmm. people do their, they don't have like a print facility or maybe they do, but they don't do all of their printing there if they do. You know what I mean? They Right. They're too big. out to other people. So they subcontract with other companies and Spoke doesn't do that. They have a facility um, in Georgia. United nice. and they print and ship and do everything from there and I love that because you know it's much easier for me to communicate with them to yeah um you, know, you can talk to someone who's your point person and you can you talk to a real life person during business hours yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's very nice so you know there's there's pros and cons to everything but for me spoke works out great for my mugs and you know we've had a very good long-standing relationship for a long time so um so i love <laughs> and um, well fantastic yeah. and you know i love the fact that you're making your own products for some things and then doing print on demand for others because it's this um it's the best of both worlds do you print your own you said you fulfill in-house coloring books and stickers yeah. do you make your own stickers and your own coloring books or nope. do you just buy them in bulk i don't what i do is i um i order them through mm -hmm. i i order the stickers i first of all let's talk about the coloring books. so the coloring books are also print on demand i do them through amazon's create space oh actually okay. 
it's not create space anymore it's now it's kvp which is kindle direct publishing okay but um i i use them as my publisher and then what happens is i can order through bulk i can order my book keep them in house and ship those to my customers my etsy store while also um they also have the listing up on amazon so i get sales from amazon as well for my customers Oh, fantastic. And coloring books don't take up a lot of space. The nice thing about that is since you're out of your house, right, you don't have a like 1500 boxes. You don't need a warehouse. No. Um, Because inventory, the bad part about fulfilling yourself, Mm -hmm. um, doing inventory in house is space. Exactly. Can you imagine if I had books here? Forget it. Like, no way. (laughs) Plus, what happens when you're like um, printing and and, um, when you're doing experiments or when you're testing out sampling mugs like that's a lot of stuff like i wouldn't want to have that waste you know what i mean (laughs) oh i do let me tell you a little secret so my i connect crafts my craft business where i make the chipboard embellishments i i fulfill those in-house and i have an entire garage full (laughs) i have two garages and one garage is just full of literally several thousand units or or skews because i've got i don't know 80 different designs and i have maybe 200 in stock of each and i've got them all i've got shelves and shelves and shelves of these totem poppets everywhere (laughs) but i'm lucky because i have space yeah you know, can I tell you um, something that's really funny and ironic about the fact that yeah. print on demand for my own products, but my basement got full of my licensed products, samples. Isn't that hilarious? Okay. So I still have, the funny thing is like most of the, any product space in my house that's taken up, the bulk of it has been taken up from licensed products that I got. That I like the samples, yeah, like samples and stuff that are just they're in my basement. Like I'm not gonna, I'm not what gonna do, you have do with them in my backyard. You know, <laughs> I mean, I can't do that. So, <laughs> Garage I, sale, yard sale. Yeah, yeah, we get those like, simple products. <laughs> it's like okay, the first couple licenses, first few licenses, great. I love it. You know, you give yeah. us whatever. You know, you things start progressing and like stuff starts building up in your basement and you're just like, well, what am I supposed to do with this stuff? You know what I mean? So, yeah, well, jumping forward and I I hate to do it, but sometimes you just gotta, we talk about licensing and contract terms and I don't think this has come up on any of the other um, episodes, but when you negotiate a licensing contract, um, samples is part of the contract terms a lot of times, right? Yeah. sample approval so they'll make something and send you one or two to approve and if it doesn't match the colors or it doesn't look right then you you tell them and they change it and they send you another sample right that's something you negotiate so yes and no so yes because that is a negotiation point but I think that that is very rare these days that you actually get a sample because they don't, I don't think they do that as much now as they used to. I know that um, in terms of like, when I, when I work with some companies, it's like, they will send me pictures. Here's the 
you know they'll they'll be like here's the um here's Here's the design layout here's the prototype you know here's what you need to see and you know you want to make sure that you're i you know the things that were always in my contracts is that my name's on stuff and um you know that my signature is on it and that you know it's packaged with my copyright and all this stuff you know and obviously you want they will show you what it's going to look like before they print it but actually getting uh getting them to send you an actual sample the only time before before they actually produce it mm-hmm. the only time that i got like prototypes was when i was in development with them on the product um for, so when i did um i had a collection of um of wine a Le- mm-hmm. Captain York line, and I was, um, you know, basically I was coming up with a lot of the ideas for the products. So, okay. so when when I was that deep in with them, working on the development of the product, then I would receive um, prototypes in the mail, like to actually see what the product looks like in person, and right. I would hold it, and I would, you know, but. Usually it's like they will send you pictures or something if that's not the case. Right. Because not not every art licensor like does product development. You know what I mean? Right. So right. that's kind of but, a different aspect of it. Right. But it's interesting because um nowadays the color correction has gotten so good. You know, back in the day it was like you had to have a prototype to make sure the colors were right. Certainly in graphic design yes. and that type of thing, illustration and printing, it used to be that you really had to see a print because the colors could be completely off. But things have gotten really good at being matched pretty closely now. Yes. In fact, um, like 100%, because I do think that they used to send you, like back in the day, I'm talking like maybe 15, 20 years ago, I do think that licensors probably did receive actual sampled product to yeah. at and to approve i don't right. think it happens so much anymore unless you're developing it but i do know also i, I totally agree with you on getting the um proofs the color proofs and stuff um because i mean i grew up with that too my my um dad was a um illustrator and graphic designer and they were always getting proofs and you know yeah. proving yeah. proof and stuff like that so like that was always such a huge thing, and now it's just so different. The world is a different place now. <laughs> it is. With the internet has changed everything. So and the but, world economy, you know. Yeah. So with your contracts, you negotiate. Let me just summarize because I think you made a really good point back there that I want to make sure that we make clear. So in your contracts, you always make sure that your name is on the product, your signatures on the product, your copyrights on the product. Yeah. Um, um, I, I need to have a copyright somewhere, uh-huh. right? See, Kathy Weller Art and Ideas somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. I like to have my name on the, I have like a little logo, like a little logo mark that I use for my name. So that is supposed to be on the product too. So, mm-hmm. you know, these things are kind of movable, like depending on the product, you know, some products it's not going to work and some do um i actually have napkins where and in fact this is actually (laughs) this is kind of interesting 
I have a line of um like a paper um tableware collection with um CR Gibson and cool. my name is on everything like very very prominently to my eyes and I think it's a little too prominent so um in that case I didn't get to see the samples before because oftentimes I mean this is just the reality oftentimes they will you know there will be a disconnect and somebody won't send you something to look at or whatever. I mean, some things do get approved or, um, I mean, in those, in that case, I did see them, but it's mm-hmm. kind of like, if your name's already on it, I don't want to nickel and dime them. Like, Oh, can you make it a little lighter? Can you, you know, can you right, put right. it in Can you do, you don't want to be a diva. Exactly. Because so much of this is like communication and mm-hmm. how you work with people and you got to ride the fine line between being like a a steward for your brand and also mm-hmm. somebody who's easy to work with. I mean, yes, yes. Jinx, Jinx padlock. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Kathy, 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 you're on Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> but I, the reason I brought that up is because a couple other um, guests have really extolled that point on how important having your name on your products or legible, even if it's on your original artwork is because people find you through your name. People find you through Google searches now. And if they can't read your signature or your name's not on the final artwork or product, then you're missing out on marketing. I totally, that is, and for me, cause I'm not, I'm not very aggressive person. Like I am not the type of person that reaches out to people and says, Hey, will you leave a review? Like my, the way I work, that's just an example of like market of like how non-aggressive I am. My way of compelling people to leave a review is by giving them like crazy, amazing service and having a wonderful experience with me. So that's like what I do to compel people, but it's like, you know, it is all marketing and we have to think yeah. about that. And so for somebody like me, if you're like me and you're not aggressive, what I like to do is try and put my name on everything. So even yeah. my stickers, I have three by three inch stickers. And if mm-hmm. you look at my shop and you look at my stickers and you look real close, you'll see that my name and sometimes my um, shop URL are actually on my sticker. And I've gotten to be really really proficient at making it blend into the artwork so that's my thing is to make my name and my whatever the information is that's contact information or so they could google me to just blend in so you don't even notice that it's there until Until you look for well that's fantastic and that's part of educating your audience. That's part of the E in the appeals system. So we've got art, we've got product, we've got presentation. Maybe that's part of presentation as well and educating your audience. But, you know, um, stickers are a really great marketing tool. And that kind of started with like guerrilla art and uh, guerrilla marketing and street art, right? I mean, do you remember yeah. um, that got kind of trendy with like uh, the Obey stickers? Oh, yes. Yeah. Wait, say it again. Shepard Ferry. Yes, he did the Obama 
Um, mm-hmm. I was just looking him up the other day. He did the Obama poster, and there was a big legal thing with that. But yeah, he did the Obey stickers, and that was you know a street art thing. You, you, you've got your sticker, it's got your logo, and you put them up around, and people see them, and they're like, "Hey, where'd that come from? Who is that?" And they they look you up. Yep, and and that's like a way that you can be omnipresent without being aggressive you know like that's the way to sell yourself without you know without being like you know (laughs) well it's all part of presentation you mentioned back there that you really love to give a good experience to your customers and presentation is really about how do you shine how do you stand out from the crowd how do you make a lasting impression um can you give us some of your tips and tricks because i i watched your uh, presentation on art biz jam and i thought you had some great little tips and tricks for presenting yourself in such a manner that it's marketing, but it's not the sleazy marketing. It's, it's just lovely presentation. It's making somebody's day and making an experience. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like, honestly, you have to, that has to be like one of your love languages in a way. <laughs> like love languages. It's true. Oh, I, it's like I fought this for so long, but it's like I really do love to write little notes to my customers and to um I really love to give people an experience, like to make a bright spot in their day when they receive something from me. And it's hard to do with print on demand because when you're using print on demand. You know, depending on the company you're using, and we all use different companies for different reasons. There's different reasons you like, you know, there's different pros and cons to using different companies, and one yeah. pro might outshine another pro. So say I use a company for my mugs where I get, you know, great printing and stuff, but I don't get all the little fun little packets that some other people will offer or brand. Right. So um one of the things I like to do is to offer different products in my store that I send from my studio so Uh that I can sort of give a more well-rounded experience to a customer um, should they order a mug one day, a sticker another day, or even if they order like a sticker or a mug or a coloring book in one order, then they're going to get, you know, different shipments, which I think people are used to at this point. I think people are used to ordering from Amazon or an online retailer and receiving different portions of their shipments in different in different yeah. shipments. It just happens these days. So, oh, I'm, I just got a uh, I just got a pen from Amazon the other day that was like in this big box and it was like a pen. Oh. <laughs> it's a shipping fail. It is such a fail. I wish they wouldn't do that. That drives me crazy. And it's like, um. There's nothing like we can't really control that. You know what I mean? Unless actually Amazon sometimes lets you click a little button that says put fewer things and fewer shipments if possible. Mm-hmm. But, you know, not everybody lets you do that. But I guess, you know, the bottom line is, you know, people know this happens these days because different fulfillment centers have different, don't always have all of the same products. So sometimes you're going to get different things from different people. I just wanted to, to call that out because, um, I know that that's a concern for some artists. And mm-hmm. oftentimes I think that we we ask these questions because we're curious and we don't want a customer to have a bad experience. But the fact is, like, 
or have an experience that we wouldn't want, but we already are having those experiences anyway. Right. Just sort of work within the system that we are given in a way, you know? So well, I know you love to make an experience for your customers. So with the stuff that you fulfill in house, like your stickers and coloring books, you can throw in little extras and write a hand lettered note saying thank you. You know, some of the other examples that I've seen or heard on the show is um, there's a lady that she throws in a postcard and they tape a piece of candy to it. And she literally writes on the postcard, the postcard says, "Um, we're bribing you to leave a review. Or I've seen other people that wrap um, the order in string or they include a, you know, a couple wrapped, they, they have like a pretty piece of twine, pretty piece of string or a ribbon and they wrap it around all the products several times. So you get an extra piece of string or like um, this lady, Jean, who she's one of my friends, dear friends, and she was on the show. She's into enameling. She does jewelry enameling. So every time she sells, she sells a lot of um, jewelry making stuff and enameling stuff. She'll throw in these enameling beads that you throw into your enamel and they like create special effects. I'm not an enameler, wow, so I'm not. Cool. You okay. Know, just throw an extra them. Yeah. Those are just, yeah, that's just like the more little things you can do like that to really surprise and delight people, you know? Yeah. And, and that's one, one element of that sort of giving exemplary services, doing stuff like that. But another is just literally communication, like literally just be transparent up front, like be with them every step of the way and don't be flip service, like actually do it. And I mean, that is another place where I feel that I'm good at that. So, so like, that's something that I've seen really good results from um, just being there for my customers, letting them know, you know, giving them full information, letting them yeah. know when things are going to ship separately. Um, I actually send, I actually sometimes send photos of like, this is what it's going to look like in the mail because, you know, people might not be looking for a pink envelope or a red envelope, you know, and it might be like, what's this? So I let them know what to expect. You know, I try to make the envelope look cute, you know, stuff like that. Like things where if you can do something that. Walk through that. So like walk us through like an order. So you're talking essentially about educating your audience as the order is being shipped. Like walk us through the whole process from order or you're right up on the website all the way through to shipping it and then getting it. I, I totally want to hear it. Okay. I'm such a geek. Um, what are you ordering? Tell me what you're ordering. I'm ordering, um, a, I'm ordering a coloring book. Okay. So you order a coloring book. So I have, um, you know, you can, hold on. I'm going to, I'm actually going to, okay, so, I just got to okay, go. You've got a free coloring page download on your website. If you guys go to kathyweller.com, she's got a free download. So, and I get it. I'm like, oh, that looks really awesome. I want another one. And um, I want to want to get like a whole book now for my kid. Okay. Like what happens? So I have the, okay. So I get the, I get the order. So the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go and pack up the, um, I take the coloring book. This is a simple one. I have the coloring book. I have my cello, the package that I put it in. 
I have a thank you card, which has all my contact information on. It's really cute. It says, you know, thank you for being awesome and all this stuff. And then I have, um, I have a customer note. I have these cards made up that on one side, it says that they're awesome because they're all awesome. And then on the other side, it leaves a space for me to write a note for them. So then I'll write mm-hmm. a personal note. Um, I have some use special pen. Oh yeah, you know what? I use colored sharpies most of the time, or a colored oh, nice. a colored felted pen. Um, okay. Sometimes I don't have any in stock right now, but I have. Um, sometimes I have a a printout, a little cardboard printout that also has more information on where they can get more. Um, free downloadables because I have a few different free downloadables. On oh, nice. So yeah, it's almost yeah. like a bonus. Like, Hey, here's your coloring book, but you can also get some more bonus pages, right? It is. And if they actually, all they really have to do is go to my, go to courageous because I have, I have a full page of several downloads of my own. And then I also have a page of, all different artists that have contributed their own coloring pages. So when you click through those pictures, it takes you to um, their page on their website where you can then, you know, learn about their artwork and get their free downloads. So there's not just my free downloads. I say there's like, there's downloads. Yeah, I went to it. I'm totally checking it out. Yeah, you can find new artists that way too. So there's, it's really fun. So, um, that and then I sometimes I'll courageouscoloring.com. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what am I packing in my what am I putting in there? So so yeah, so then I'll package it up and then I'll You're packing. Um, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. Do anyway. you use like a um special envelope? Is your envelope like pink or like where do you get your envelopes? Are they okay? <laughs> so so let me let me give you a little background on what I used to do and what I would like to do again, but I it's not tenable the way I was doing it. So when people and this is crazy, I know because that's just how I am. I'm like I <laughs> like I said I like to do things for people. I'm like that's like one of my love language, right? So I used to draw yeah, service. I used to draw a bookmark for every single coloring book order. Because <laughs> I'm crazy. But I don't do that anymore because I, I can't keep up doing that for every single person who orders. But yeah. um, I at, at some point I am going to design a bookmark and have and I have like little bookmark cello cover things. So I'm going to eventually I will do that. It's just it has not been on the top of my list of things to do. But right. um, that and also, oh, I just I'm so sorry. I lost my train of thought. There was there was <laughs> I tend to do that to people. We're talking about packaging. Oh, sometimes I'll put in actually, um, sometimes I will put in an additional coloring page, like just like an extra free coloring page. And I also have an option for people to, because so many people give my coloring books as gifts. I have an option for a a note card, like a, a larger note card, not just the card that I, the cards that I use are small. Uh-huh. Um, the ones that I use to write a note to my customer, but yeah. um, I have an option to do a gift card with an envelope. Um, and it's oh, like, nice. yeah, it's like a small upcharge. I think it's like a two or three dollars more. And then they can actually, because so many people have them 
they purchase it and then they have it sent directly to their to their friend or whoever they're sending it to and um you know that was just a way that they could make it a little more personal so i'll fill out the card for them all they have to tell me is you know what they want me to write and then i will you know i will write it out by hand myself for them and i will write the name of the person uh on the envelope and um like maybe it's a blue envelope with white ink so that's really cute and fun and then um and how do you do that is it like a checkbox or is that like um, so you're using etsy how do you do this little upsell oh um, this bonus yeah so there's there's an option hold on i will i'm just gonna go to my because i i have to look at it because that's just who i am I have to look at it so I can see what I'm talking about. Gotcha. I'm going to my listing right now. Select an option. Yeah. So you can, um, there's an option you can, you can do options for, um, you know, you can add, um, sorry, I'm, I'm not finding my words. I see it. Select an option. It's just a drop down in Etsy. So, okay. So it's probably pretty easy to set up and it just says select an option. No yeah. gift card option or yes gift card option. It yeah. shows the price. And so for an extra, yeah, it's like two bucks or something. Um, yeah. You get a, you actually make the card for them. That is so oh, cool. I, I Yeah. Well, I actually, um, I have them printed out. It's like an artwork that I already, it says, don't you dare quit on it. So it works for everybody because my coloring books are for people that are going through, you know, mental or health, physical health challenges. So that's, yeah, I have some cancer work. survivor ones. Yeah. I my mom had breast cancer when I was pregnant with my first kid and that was crazy. Wow. Um and then my best one of my besties, she just kicked cancer. She just kicked breast cancer. She's one year breast cancer free and she's only like 37. Wow. Yeah. yeah. She had a double radical. She, she oh. is a cancer warrior. I'm going to have to probably get this. I am a cancer warrior uh, coloring book for her. Cause that's, that's so on target. Oh, wow. Oh, she's amazing. And she's two little girls who are like three Is and five. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's amazing. So yeah. Well, more power to her. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. She's amazing. So well, I love these. Did you kick cancer too? Can I just ask you? No, I'm I sorry to be. I, I I didn't. My mom actually has breast cancer right now. But oh, um, but this, usually, and this is something that your listeners might be interested in. So, I love money just as much as the next person, but I'm motivated by like I am mostly motivated by my own experiences in life and reacting to things positively. Like how do you take an experience and turn it into something that's going to help other people and something that's going to just like inspire other people. And, um, and also just like things that I'm passionate about, like that's because it's kind of like, you know, I think you have to be what makes you work. I think so too. And every one of my coloring books has been inspired by an experience like that. So my the Cancer Warrior coloring book was inspired by my brother-in-law who um, okay. who got cancer a few years ago and um, he kicked it and he's well and um, so happy about it that he's good. But, but um, what happened was um, when he had cancer, he had seven weeks of treatments and every day I would... Um, I did a hand-drawn card colored in and I would send him with a 
inspirational message on it and I would mail it like probably about five days a week. Um, for seven weeks, I sent one out there to them and they collected them all. And um, it's just a little, it was just a way to, you know, keep them inspired and positive, you know? That's fantastic. I love and that. Thank you. And I tell the story in the beginning of the, every one of my coloring books has a story in the beginning, just like a, a blurb about what inspired it. And that's what inspired this one. Because after I was done with that, I was like, you know, I really should, I really should put these, you know, put some yeah. messages into a coloring book for people. So that's what I did. So. Oh, I love it. Well, and creating every single day. I mean, that's the topic I've hit on before and you've brought up here is that sometimes you just got to create, 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 right? Yes. And when I don't, I feel like it's weird too, because when you're not in that mode, like there's so much busy work to do in my business and I'm sure in everybody's business that it's easy for you to not do the artwork sometimes and like to do the creative part sometimes and you really have to and then you can end up feeling like oh I don't have time for that because I'm too busy doing my SEO (laughs) for my listing you know it's crazy and it's backwards but that's what can happen and um, I feel like that I always feel like I need to be doing more technical stuff mm-hmm. um, and that the artwork has to wait. But it's the artwork that drives the business. So you have to find a balance. Totally. And I think it's always, it, we're always seeking balance. It's like a constant, mm-hmm. it's like we're, it's like we're on a, a boogie board in the water. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like we're constantly trying to find that balance. Are you enjoying the artist appeals? I know I love recording it. This is just a quick break to encourage you to get your free download of the top four things that you can do to make money with your art at howtomakemoneywithyourart.com. So get your free download at howtomakemoneywithyourart.com today. And now back to your regular program. So right now what I'm doing, um, what I'm working on is um, more mug designs and I'm so into it and it's so invigorating for me and like creatively satisfying and i i plan the way i plan my um projects is i have like a longer term project and then i have shorter term projects which like ongoing um and then ongoing projects so i have Mm. like a longer term project is a mug collection and um or my online course which i'm gonna be after i'm done with this mug collection i'm gonna be working on that like more i'm going to be spending a lot more time doing that yeah you'll you focus on it well the bigger projects sometimes you just got to knock one out you got to yeah take it little step little step little step until the big project's done and then like i know with your um mugs you've got a whole set of mugs of cat mugs but you've got introvert mugs you've got um like a whole set of these um uh, business and- mugs which one? Well, I thought it was really interesting that you have these, yeah, the anagram where yeah. like you take that at work, that test, and you get a number and it's your personality type. But in business. Yes, that's new. And those are 27 designs. Like, so it's nine designs, but each, each of the nine designs has the main design and then it has two alternates. So it's oh. like 27 designs. And that was a huge... Wow. That was like a huge thing for me because 
the largest collection like that that I had done before was the um, personality type mugs. The uh, yeah, the MBTI mugs, and that was sixteen mugs, and this one was twenty seven. So I'm that's very fantastic, though. I, I think that's them. a brilliant idea, a brilliant idea for a collection. Thank you. So. You know, we were talking before the um, podcast started a little bit about video and you just mentioned your course. And yeah. so you're going to be building this course. So after you're done your mugs, wait, yeah. what do you, what, what's your theme for your new mug collection? Can you share? Can you give us a little oh, secret? Yeah, you know, I don't always work in like a, I don't always work in a collection such as, you know, MBTI mugs collection or all cats work or all this or all that. Sometimes I just, collect a bunch of ideas that uh-huh. I'm working on and I do them in my style. So that's what I'm working on right now. And okay. so um I have all right, I'll 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 throw you a bone. I'll throw you a bone. Um, <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I actually have a new design that's like the anti-perfectionism mug. So that has all different sayings on it about why done is better than perfect. <laughs> That's one of them, but it's just, I love it. Yeah, so, I'm going to need one. Yeah, I'm so I'm going to need one of those. Okay, all right. And then, <laughs> I have another one that's I'm really into tea. And um, so I'm uh-huh. doing a bug with like all different types of tea names around it. And then I have some I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to spill the total beans on this one, but I have a couple new um moon themed designs and those are fantastic those are really cool and i think i think if i think one of them might actually i might turn it into an art print as well because it's very Mm. interesting and i haven't seen anything else like it so um very cool i can't wait to see it you guys you heard it here first secrets 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 so then we were talking about your course yeah. And you know, you offer all this help to people. I mean, you do it just so generously. You have all these YouTube videos. And we were talking about um how do you edit these videos? And that ties in perfectly with your anti-perfection thing because yeah. I do this podcast, but I, I have all these videos that I haven't personally released because I can't edit myself. I can't sit there and uh look at myself in and I just can't do it. Um, and I've been trying to find a way to add these titles and to edit faster. Yeah. So how do you get it all done? How do you amplify? How do you get bigger? How are you going to, you know, how do you manage to get it all done with all these videos and now course, blah, blah, blah. So I actually, okay, let me back up a little bit. I started doing YouTube because I knew the video was like the net was coming and I had to get on camera. And it freaked me out. Like I have mm-hmm. anxiety about certain things. And one of them is, you know, public speaking and stuff. So um, naturally I didn't want to do that, but I did it because I, it was like, I was challenging myself and it turns out that I love it now. So I love doing cool. videos. I, I started out making them just about to see what I liked to make videos about. I knew there was t- lots of stuff I wanted to share about, uh, like career stuff, like uh-huh. um, mistakes I've made don't make the same mistakes that I've made. And like, this is why, you know, like just sharing uh-huh. stuff 
people. And, um, and I also made some silly videos. And eventually I found out that um, most people like the videos that people like the best, like it's kind of like you want to put content out there to kind of see what people gravitate towards mostly. Mm-hmm. And then to see if that's the content that you want to put out. And we're dovetailing. We're in like a dovetail moment where I'm, I found that I really enjoy doing that kind of content. See, it's kind of hard because you're balancing teaching people how to do what you do, but also being creative and keeping and doing what you do, like do the artwork. So it's kind of like two different things, but I really do enjoy the process and the sharing with other people. It's, it's like, it really does feed my soul sort of not to be like totally hokey that sounds like such a hokey thing no, to say because I, I, I used to be a teacher and there were these just sublime moments when um a student would get it or they would find mm-hmm. their niche and it was like it was like a light bulb went off or like a ah, you yeah. know they'd be like yes this is so cool and that enthusiasm and that moment is is it's beautiful it's, it's yeah invigorating it's like yes yes we got it (laughs) you found something you like and you do it well and yes go 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 yeah and it's like when you've made when you've I've had so many experiences and I don't say that like to be braggy at all it's like yeah I've made so many mistakes like (laughs) okay to the choir here (laughs) let me right but you that's like that's like 80 percent of it guys you know what I mean like that's life like You got to embrace that and just move forward because otherwise you're not going to do anything ever. So, um, Mm. but I feel like if what I can share can help people so that, you know, to give them a little bit of a, um, understand, like some mistakes you just have to make on your own. Mm. You just have to do it. You're compelled. You're human. We all have that inner wiring that it's like, well, I have to, you know, I have to try because it's going to be different for me or something, you know, because it might be who knows. But, um, you know, you always, you got to try stuff, but the more, the more you can share with other people, the more smarter everybody's going to be, you know, or the more information, yeah. you know, you can give. So what, what is my point about, <laughs> what were we talking about? Um, so you started making these videos and you were telling me that like, at first they were really perfect oh, and right. like highly edited and you were testing being silly versus being business. Like, which one did you find really resonated? Well, I feel like. Um, I mean, at first I felt like, okay, so first of all, I do now it's a little looser than I used to be in terms of the scripting stuff. Cause I don't script every video anymore, but I had to in the beginning because otherwise, like, I don't want to waste people's time. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, and that's what happens when you can't, well, you wanted to make a, yeah, you, yeah, can't you wanted to make a good video. Yeah. And you want to have less you want to have to edit edit it less because editing is huge. It's oh, it takes so a lot time. of time and effort. My editing, like, okay, so what? Let me. I'm sorry, I'm getting off track. So basically, <laughs> I started trying to make the best videos I could, and I spent a lot of time on the editing and on adding little things in the videos. I added music in the background. Sometimes I still do that, but um, if you see any like. My videos have sort of, I've streamlined them a little bit and sort of backed up on some of that stuff because honestly, and I've gotten better at editing videos 
quicker now, which is good. But mm-hmm. also adding a lot of that stuff does take more time. And really, what's the most important thing? So you have to think about like, what's, what are they, what's detracting from the information? Like sometimes mm. people don't detract from the information. And in that case, like you don't even need to bother, you know? And then mm. sometimes people aren't even really going to be looking at the screen that much. So then that cuts out how much fun little quirky stuff that I, you know, happy faces yeah. or like emojis and stuff, which is fun to add on, but you don't need that stuff. I think what it boils down to is like your time frame, like how much time you have to spend on something and wanting to give the most pertinent information in um, in a package that's easily digestible and that's easy for you, easier for you to produce, you know, yeah. is better because you're actually going to get it done. And this is like, the thing is, it's nice to have a beautiful, well done video. And that's great. But sometimes you just got to push the information out to people because a lot of times like people don't, they don't really care that much about how edited your video is, you know, or like, I mean, basically it's, it's, it's how easily, it's how easy they can absorb the information. So, you know, just keep, depending on the person and what the video is about and all that, just keep it in mind when you're doing that, like, try not to go down the rabbit hole with stuff because it's just going to be like, it can be a recipe for tears if you end up spending like 12 hours editing a video. You know what I mean? Yeah. I do. Because a lot of time it's like the information is just going to be, you know, just as good. (laughs) Well, you know what? I kind of think of it now as like, as a consumer of video content, a lot of times I just want a quick hit now. <laughs> you know, yes. I just want to get in and get out. I want like the shortest video possible. A lot of times I'll watch videos for something I'm trying to learn. So a how-to video. And I, I'll look at these videos and some of them are like 15 minutes long and some of them are two minutes long. Well, I am personally, I'm going to gravitate towards the two minute one because I just want to get in, get out and get my work done. Um, and I think maybe that's the appeal of TikTok too. TikToks are like, what, 30 seconds? And then you scroll up to the next one. I mean, they are so fast. Yeah, you're right. And this is a, I have a hard time, like, because sometimes I will wait to make a video until I'm really compelled to share the information. And sometimes that information is not the kind of information that is like a three minute video. So some of my videos are longer, but I totally, totally get you. And I, what you're saying is totally how I am too. Like sometimes I learn tips on Procreate just by watching yeah. reels on Instagram and they're yeah. they like 30 seconds. And it's like, I have a new tool under my belt. It's like the best yeah. ever. And I love that. So yeah. I strive to be more, I, I totally, I'm totally with you. And I just, I guess I'm just prefacing that by saying, well, some of my videos are on the longer side, but that's because they're, like a bigger bit of information to share you know and i don't think that's always the best way to deliver information like it's all learning experience i'm 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 learning too like i'm as i go you know you figure stuff out you figure out what's working for you what's not like sometimes i will look at um how long when do people drop off on a video and then you're like no maybe maybe this information is best served 
in over a, a a few different videos instead of just one, you know? So Oh, I like that idea. Yeah. I like the fact that you actually look at the drop-off rate, you know, and I love what you're saying about sometimes you just have to create because it goes back to what you were saying about um, process and like you just have to create and create and create and you learn as you create, mm -hmm. you know, Sad little personal story is many years ago, I made a video and I sent it to this lady when I first started iConnect Crafts and she just ripped me a new one. She was like, your hair looks like crap and you're playing with the big boys now and you can't put this out there. And I, I was so hurt. I didn't put any videos out for a really long time. Oh Still, my God. I know, right? Um, but then more and more, I hear, I hear all the time nowadays that people want reality. They actually want to see reality and the more content we consume the more we have these tiktoks and these instagram reels and the more real these reels are i think the more it's possible for us to just do it to just just do it just put it out there um jane davenport was on and she had some great advice she was like you know put it out there and if it doesn't hit if it doesn't resonate you don't like it take it down yes i love it <laughs> I love that. And that's what's so great about print on demand too. Oh, really? Oh yeah. Because, um, because you don't have to wait a year to have something produced. You can just sort of say, Hey, I have this design, you know, and I personally copyright everything that I put up for sale just because I'm, I know I'm old school, but I, I feel no. like it's my art insurance. I, yes. I believe in doing that, even though I think that the, I think it's an imperfect system and I think it needs a little help, a lot of help, but I still do it because I can't help myself. No, but, this um, is a perfect transition to licensing and contracts. We should totally hit on copyright. Do it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I copyright everything I, everything I sell. I copyright the art too, because here's my thing. So you might, I mean, what <laughs> most of the people who will rip you off are going to be like, you know, fly by night, probably. They're probably going to be gone here today, gone tomorrow places. Mm -hmm. But when I have the actual copyright, when I have that registration number, when I have the date that I copyrighted, it, I have the title of all that, I and I find somebody has um, stolen my design, I will send them a DMCA notice. And within DM that a do do oh. uh do define for us yep hold on i have to google it again because i always forget it's the digital millennium copyright act so basically it's um a dmca is a um it's a notice you can send it's kind of like and i'm not a lawyer so this is just like layman's terms and I am fallible. I am a human. I am imperfect. Of course. I could be wrong. Blah, blah, it's emca.com. Yeah, it's a takedown notice. So um, if somebody's using your work without permission, you can send them. It's kind of like what you would consider a cease and desist. But what I do is if another store is selling my design, that's what I use it for. And I fill up, there's, there's actually, I don't, there might be a boiler, a boilerplate you can find online. I found uh -huh. mine somewhere and I don't remember where, but if you Google it and dig around a little bit, you can find boilerplates to use, which is yeah. plate is just like your basic fill in the blanks. And then you 
uh, like contract or agreement or what paper document, and then you can fill in the blanks and alter it to your choosing. Right. What I mean by boilerplate. Yeah, you um, basically send the offending person a note that says, "Hey, that's my art. Stop right. using it." get off the internet but this is cool i didn't know there was a website that helps you do that so dmca.com actually looks like it's it helps you do that dmca.com might be actually i think that's a company but yeah it is a company i I don't think you i mean i don't know what this company is personally because i don't know that this is a government run one or anything i think this might be for I don't know what this is. It might the be- digital millennium takedown copyright takedown service. So it's an actual service yeah. that will help you get your artwork taken down off the internet if somebody's stolen it. But you can just as simply have, yeah. like you said, a template, and you just send them an email that says, "Hey, this is my artwork. It is copyrighted. Stop using it. It's stolen. Yeah, it's and- legal." And- this particular website, they might, what I'm, what I think is they might be like a for-profit business that aren't actually, mm. you know, that might just be hopping onto the DMCA trying to make money. I don't know. So I, I couldn't really, I don't, I couldn't really say, but I think you can, you can do it on your own. You can do a DMCA on your own. You do not need a lawyer to do it. And when you have, like, when I have that copyright registration information, I pop it in there. I actually have a video on YouTube where I, walk you through how I do it and I oh fantastic yeah so and then I I actually send the picture of of my artwork and a picture of the offending artwork and I and when I when I send those to stores to people whoever's stealing my artwork when I send it and I send the DMCA with my actual copyright registration information and and everything um they I have had a really good success with having people take my stuff down of course that is to say like you know stuff pops up and pops down all the time like some of these shops you know they will pop they will leave and then they will then you know a few weeks later you'll pop up someplace else so Mm. you know know, your mileage may vary but i will say that um i've had good success with getting removal of my artwork from shop sites using a dmca after i when i have my copyright actually in there i've never sent one without my copyright information in it so i mm-hmm. can't say vouch for the effectiveness of that but um but even when they're international even when they're not a u.s company which most of them are not that rip off my artworks i have mm-hmm. that stuff that people in this country know, but not but it's, it's not usually, it's usually like a, some, you know, other country. So, yeah, yeah. but um, they don't have the same copyright laws or the same. Um, they don't. But for some reason, I have had, they have taken it down. So I yeah. don't know why. <laughs> and I go through this in the video. I'm like, I, I have no idea why, but it ha- I have had success with, with um, shops take down my stuff, even when they're not in the U.S., so, so I got two more questions for you on this. Number one, do you individually, you copyright each individual artwork through the U.S. government one? So yeah, to US copyright, government. you go to um, copyright.gov. So you literally go and register every single one? I register every, um, yeah. I mean, okay, so how it works is, and it didn't always work this way. It's new. These days, you can only, <clears throat> excuse me, hold on, I got 
clear my throat. <laughs> okay, so you can copyright a group uh, or a collection of ten unpublished illustrations um, mm-hmm. for one copyright. It used to be that you could copyright as many as you wanted. So if I was going to do an unpublished group mm-hmm. in the past before this year, or I think it I think it was this year that it switched over to only 10. So now it, and plus they raised the price. So it didn't uh. used to be as expensive as what I'm trying to say is I used to try to copyright a much larger unpublished collection of art at one time. So I didn't have to spend more money and copyright less work at per, per time. Mm-hmm. But now I have to do it. Now it only allows you to do 10 unpublished pieces. And that's what you want to do. You always want to. That's what I like to do, because once it's published, it's just way more complicated to copyright and more expensive to copyright something. Um, So and publish would be even putting it on your website, right? No, not necessarily. There's a lot of gray area. Um, The way that I see unpublished and... um, I mean, lawyers are going to probably, uh, I mean, they, we'll they, talk to Tammy. <laughs> I've, I've talked to, or not talked to, I've heard lawyers speak about it and, um, you know, they've, they've acknowledged there's a lot of gray area with, right. um, what constitutes published. So what constitutes published for the way that I see it and the way I think from what I have experienced, most people see it. And I, this is changing because the internet is like totally different, right? I mean, it's yeah. what is published now? Is it publishing it on Instagram? It's publishing it for sale. So anytime it's for profit, right? For sale, commercial, um, that is published. So I don't, I, you know, try not to post too much like that's another thing that i have to say is people in my experience stealers are very lazy and they don't care about stealing something that is not a finished developed piece of artwork so mm-hmm. they're just uh, like people in my experience and i don't i mean maybe i shouldn't say this out loud but i i have not had um i have not found that underdeveloped or pieces like like sketches and stuff like that um and in anything that's hard to reproduce mm-hmm. uh, is less likely for me in my experience to get <laughs> stolen so um so anyway that's why i don't worry too much about the stuff that i post that's like a rougher stuff because mm-hmm. people are lazy like people who steal artwork are lazy and they're not going to sit there for three hours in illustrator and make yeah. a vector from a sketch because right. the reason they're stealing something is because they're lacking in imagination ideas and morals right <laughs> integrity so they're not going to sit there and like craft something you know what i mean so yeah. i don't worry too much about that i mean that's that's like my honest you know big picture right. like but I like your advice that you should copyright everything. So, I mean, that means visual arts, photographs, illustrations, but you copyright them as a group. That's fantastic advice. Yeah. Actually, photographs are much more lenient in terms of 
how many you can copyright at a time. So you can copyright like way more, like I think 500 or something. I don't know. Uh, 750. So basically you go to copyright.gov guys and click on what you want to copyright. And um, they've got literary works, performing arts, visual arts, other digital content. So you can copyright a website, motion pictures and photographs. So just, you know, go check it out and you'll you'll see the different requirements and you can copyright everything right from the government site. Don't go to any of these third parties. Do it right on copyright.gov. Yeah, cuz they'll make you they'll like want more money from you and you don't have you it's easy. Like Yeah. It's not I shouldn't say it's easy because nothing's easy the first time you do it, but it's not hard. <laughs> like, yeah. Hard. You can do What's it. It's more important that you should do it regularly. Yeah. And finally, Kathy, we always end the interview with asking about success and how do you measure success and how do you celebrate success? Because we as artists tend to, I think, gloss over our successes and just keep going. So how do you measure success and how do you celebrate it? Oh, um, <laughs> sorry, I have to readjust my brain here. Um what makes me feel most successful is when I'm actually in the zone creating something and I know it's going to be awesome. Like that's the, but in terms of like, like celebrating success. Um, okay. So this is weird, but when you're in licensing and I'm, I'm using the licensing because I've, I had a lot of, we've, I've had a lot of success in licensing, but I've also had a lot of failures. We all have, right? Like this is just failures, like 80% of success, right? So, and also licensing takes years. So it's like, if you start working on a product line or something, you might not see it for a year and then you can't talk about it. So it's all right. until it's, it's market or whatever. So it's like really hard to rein yourself in from actually sharing like it's hard because you can't share and that's i know i'm going through that right now oh well congratulations slash i'm sorry because (laughs) my condolences because it's hard right so that's it's hard to celebrate in that way because then when you finally do have something out which is awesome it almost feels like oh my god i'm only as good as my last xyz now I have to, you know, I'm in the middle of this other project now. And it's like this weird, you're always in this weird sort of mid middle. Yeah. Time, space. You know? So yeah, that's, that's kind of hard for me to talk about, I guess, because that's like one thing, but, um, but how do I, I mean, I just, I don't know, I guess <laughs> I just, I mean, I feel most, I can tell you when I feel most successful is, you know, when you get it, honestly, when I get a review that that is like a really nice review, yeah, it just makes me so happy because I strive to like not just I don't just want to delight people with the like I want to delight you with the art, obviously, and I want to provide something other people that they don't find anywhere else. But I mm. also want to do a level of experience, like customer experience, that is above and beyond. And when I get a review that talks about that it just makes me feel like i'm glowing so i'm so happy to hear 
when I've helped somebody that way. And honestly, it took me a long time to sort of embrace that side of myself because mm. for a long time, it's weird. For a long time, I didn't. And um, for a while with my whole shop and everything, I I didn't like really dive in and totally commit to the service that I like to provide now. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know why there was something in me that was holding me back or something. And then I started to really embrace it because I, I don't know. I think maybe I felt like I didn't really, I needed to learn some stuff. I think I just needed to learn about serving customers more and like, mm. Um, about I listening serving, to your and building, yeah. building a community around, you know, around your, in a way, because I listen to every, every time somebody says, Hey, you know, I'd really like to see this. And mm -hmm. I look at when people send you requests like that, it's kind of like, you can partly look at it like, Oh God, one more thing to do. Or like one more thing to consider. Like I need one more thing to consider in my life. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> or you can look at it like, a gift like this when somebody wants something it's likely that other people are going to want it too like that's mm. what I found so I'm so grateful when people actually give me feedback on things they would like to see me do like see in a mug or something like I did mm -hmm. because it's like thank you like that's like research market research because you are my mom <laughs> like you are my customers so thank you right so I think that's really beautiful and I get it. Sometimes I think maybe we as women are raised not to accept praise or to try and be real humble when somebody gives us praise and, you know, a review is essentially like praise, right? It's, it's yeah. Like a, and so maybe, you know, we're taught not to brag or to be, to accept a compliment humbly. And so maybe that was a little bit of it. Yeah, I'm sure it was. I mean, I think a lot of it had to do with my insecurities, like as a as a human being. I think um, a lot of the not provide, like not doing everything I possibly could in the like years ago, like before when I, f I don't want to say when I first started because when I first started was a long time ago. So dating <laughs> like, yourself there. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Definitely. But, um, but before I started really sort of ramping up the customer experience stuff, like it took me a while to come to that. And then I yeah. looked back, I looked back to an experience I had when I was in the fourth grade and mm. we had, um, we had Secret Santa and I always go back to this and it's partly like why I love to help people. Um, mm -hmm. like I love greeting cards too. And I love doing greeting cards and I've, I've done them for a long time. I'm not actively doing them right now, but I've had them with lots of different manufacturers I've worked with um, on greeting cards. Cool. And it's been like something that I love, 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 love to do. And I always loved them as a kid. And I love to help people to express their emotions. And that's what I'd like to do with my products in my store and also with the customer experience. So let me go back to this. When I was in the fourth grade, we had Secret Santa and um, I had never done Secret Santa before. Um, mm -hmm. I was kind of new. I I previously lived in a different part of the country and then I moved to a to Gotcha. So you were the new kid in town. Exactly. Always unnerving. 
Yeah, very much so. Yeah, you learn a lot. Um, <laughs> you learn a lot about how to communicate with people too. Um, and, you know, to keep people. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what happened? And, well, what happened was um, I really, really, really got into it, and I was oh. like creating these little messages every single day for my for the person I had in Secret Santa, and like giving them little gifts, and I I so got into it. Um, and it really made it like the level of joy and gratitude and just good feelings that I got from doing that was really kind of a key to to what I'm doing now and the Interesting. level of enjoyment and yeah, like the, the level It was of the precursor. You know, yeah. they do say, I think it's psychologists. I don't, I'm going to use the umbrella charm they, but they say that giving a gift actually give you more endorphins and more pleasure than receiving a gift. Yeah. Wow. That makes so much sense because that actually, it's a different kind of appreciation, but it's like a kind that is lasts so much longer than receiving a gift and like that type of an appreciation. You know what I mean? I yeah. think it's valuable. And I think, um, I and I think everybody should do it. Yeah. <laughs> so it's you guys like, go out there and get some endorphins by giving, giving, it's like giving. It's like currency. It like grows your, it like grows your, I don't know, your good karma. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it does something to you. It just, it's definitely good. But that's the, that's an experience that I can pinpoint in my youth. And I'm like, that is when I really, like, that's what I want to embrace. Uh, you know, and why have Very I cool. been keeping that dormant and not doing that? You know what I mean? So yeah. I love that story. Thank you, Kathy. You know what? I think it's a great metaphor for some people of like, hey, act like a secret Santa. Think of marketing <laughs> and customer service as secret Santa. <laughs> I love that. I'm going to use that. Oh, my God. I love it. Thank you. <laughs> Santa, totally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Channel your inner Santa. Well, on that note, we have gone over so much good stuff. And I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast. This has been my pleasure. This was so much fun. I know it is fun, isn't it? It really is. And you know what else I love? And I told you this off camera or off video or off audio. Sorry. The the fact that we're actually doing this and it's all audio is yeah. kind of fun for me because usually if I'm talking to somebody, it's like on a Zoom or something. Do and it's so, it's, I usually really love to but be able to see somebody, for time and you don't but have time I actually to also, every this has episode. been really nice well, in a different way because I download can just focus on our conversation and not even yeah. money with your art. You know what I mean? Com. It's, di- it's like a different experience, but it's really cool. I love and it. it so, yeah. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for being on. To start making money with your art. Yeah. So, if you want to learn okay, how to make money st- with your art, but you're pressed for time, get the free download over at howtomakemoneywithyourart.com. All one word, no spaces, all spelled out. That's howtomakemoneywithyourart.com. Get your free download now. <laughs>